action. Uh, uh, you need to introduce the beer. Cut. You need to introduce Cut. it first. No, 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 no. You do the read. Do it now. Okay. <clears throat> and action. Two of our favorite ingredients come together in the brew house. Pungent American hops and delicious wheat malt. This hazy IPA is double dry hopped, a combination of mosaic, citra, azaka, maybe azaka, amarillo, and El Dorado hops, resulting in complex peach, stone fruit, and tropical notes with a dry finished and balanced bitterness. A refined beer for those who love hops and for those who prefer wheat beers. Go ahead and make it official. And that, my friends, is how you do a cold read. This is the official hazy IPA from the Bells Brewing Company. We're glad you guys joined us today. We are going to have an excellent time. This is the One Beer In Podcast. Oh, yeah. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the One Beer In Podcast, the podcast where two brews crack open a brew, and we see where that one brew takes us. My name is Marco Dupa. With me is always the great and powerful Adam Obesius Rodriguez. What's up, Brewskies? This is episode 241. Thank you guys for joining us, liking, sharing, subscribing, all that jazz. We really appreciate it. Keep on doing it. Tell your friends, tell your grandparents, tell that douchey guy at the office who you don't really want to talk to, but you kind of want to seem cool, so you tell him about stuff, and then you know he goes around. Maybe he steals your idea and acts like it was his, but you don't care because you're bigger than that. You tell that guy, and you let him tell the entire office because he's got a big fucking mouth, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, we're here now. We are. We're we here. are here. I'm really happy. I'm really You're happy really happy? Here. I'm really happy we're here. It's going to make for a bad show. Huh? It's going to make for a bad show. That I'm happy? Yeah. What, should I be upset? Yeah, the show's fueled on your rage. <laughs> by really inconsequential things. <laughs> the the uh, Seinfeldian yeah. minutia of things. It's the spirit of our show. That's true. That's true. Uh, in the spirit of that, mm-hmm. I actually need to not really walk back, but... Just kind of update you guys. Moonwalk. Moonwalk yeah. is is more fitting. So w- a couple episodes back, um, I just I just we 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 just dogged the shit out of uh, pop punk bands, namely Fall Out Boy. Um, but you can throw in Good Charlotte or, uh, uh, but don't you dare fucking throw in Paramore. I will fight <laughs> you. And uh, and 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 um. Panic at the disco, uh-huh. you know, the like, right, and, and such. It, and if and if you if you remember, there was a song that I couldn't put my finger on, mostly because it's awful. 
Uh, but I, I knew I knew that it was a Fall Out Boy song, and it was new. And I Googled Fall Out Boy, and, and their most recent songs were like they had some collaboration with, I think, Wyclef Jean and... Uh, um, the the one song uh, uh whatever that fucking centuries right centuries. Yeah, yeah. and that song is i mean just re- just it's ear bleeding it's it's blood curdling it's and, awful and strangely everywhere not i yeah yeah i don't know why it, it's not I don't know. It, it sounds like an Imagine Dragons song th- i was just about to say it's in that it's in this new genre of like very um cinematic epic rock yeah big boisterous but hollow yeah yeah music that's it's, coming it's, out it's music made for uh trailers yes definitely or, or nba playoffs yeah yeah just just uh just scenes of james harden doing a step back mm-hmm. and then the ball's going slowly into the hoop and you mm-hmm. just hear Sandra, cut to him fist pumping yeah we'll be right back so um but it wasn't that song it was this song Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just let your ears bleed for a moment. <laughs> You've got to feel it. That song is so <laughs> bad, dude. And I've heard it like a thousand times. Uh, that's Panic at the Disco. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Yep. Um, uh, sorry to the current iteration of Fallout Boy, but they but that you know the stuff that they're doing is just as bad as that. It's yeah, like the yeah. same fucking shit. Yeah, it's like they've all they've all melded into the same genre over time. Yeah, it's like uh, this. The you know they had this. Um, there was like this. Even even if the music that they made was like kind of well, definitely corny. There was like a I don't know. Almost a subversiveness to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I remember distinctly the f- that that first video for the from that that that, that Panic at the Disco song. Um, uh, uh, I chimed in when uh-huh. I have the, the big song. Yeah, their their biggest song. I write sins, not tragedies. Yes. Uh, he's dressed as um as 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 a, a, a Clockwork Orange. Uh huh. Like he's and and that's like part of the theme of the thing. And and a droog. I remember when I was younger, like I didn't understand it when I first saw it because mm-hmm. I was too young. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that they did that. Yeah. Kind of like this like winking thing. You know, it's just like it was different. It was yeah. just kind of cool. And now like you look at them and they're just like, they're just like Brendan Urie is beautiful. Uh-huh. You know, it just like, I mean, he was always always a good looking dude, but like, I mean, now he's he's wearing like these slick ass suits mm-hmm. and like the music reflects that. Yeah. You know, it's all glossy Sleek. and it's like, there's no way a band made that song. Yeah. You didn't get five guys together with instruments to make that. That was one dude in a studio. Mm-hmm. Didn't even have to be in a studio. That was one guy in a bedroom. Yeah. That was one guy on a tour bus knocked that out in like an hour. The same thing has happened with like Coldplay too. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. You know, like they started as an actual band mm-hmm. and then I mean maybe they still have the same members and stuff or not, but <laughs> it just sounds like they it, like it's just a producer. Like it's a, a studio created uh amalgamation of sounds made on like a keyboard. Yeah. And or, now we sound really old. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I mean, not as old as the source sounded. <laughs> Dude. Oh, boy. When 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 you... uh, I'm sorry, I'm crinkling paper. When, when you... <laughs> You're checking the files. <laughs> when you reposted that thing from Smash, Smash Mouth. Mouth. <laughs> Which, by the way, side note, Smash Mouth... If you're on Twitter, follow Smash Mouth. Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck. They're is, incredible on Twitter. It's hilarious that they like they found this second life just being a really funny it's Twitter great. account. It's great. I love. I, I wonder love who Smash actually Mouth runs it. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like you know to think it's, not, I, it's not Guy Fieri. <laughs> it might be. It's not. It might be. It's not. I like it's, to imagine it. Nah, I think it's like one of the. I think it's like probably like a the bass player. Yeah, he's just really he's funny. Just like got nothing else better to do. Yeah. He's like, eh. I'll waste my time. We're having this. fun here. Yeah. Why not? So the source, if if you know anything about hip hop or the history of hip hop, the Source Magazine. The Source Magazine. Man, I could spend an I could spend another two hundred and forty episodes talking about the source mm-hmm. and what it means to hip hop and what it used to mean to me and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's just a, it's just a fucking. A rag. Yeah. It's just a shell of its former self. I don't even know how they have the budget to continue to press issues. Do they still print? I don't know. They have to. I don't know. You think? I mean, I think that we would know if they weren't. Uh huh. I think it would be pretty big news. Because Double XL still is, right? Yeah, Double XL still prints. Okay. Yeah. I think they're one of the only um, music magazines, definitely the only. Hip hop. Yeah. If the source is imprinting, then it's only double XL. But no. I can't imagine. I think we would know. We can just look it up. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had the power. The power of the internet. Um, but it, whether or not it is or isn't, yeah, uh, it's what they what they do nowadays. What they're what they're okay with is um, pretty fucking filthy. Yeah, and they posted something on Twitter talking about, uh, you know, when are rappers gonna rap again? And it was like this, like cute little, like, because <laughs> they put like the uh, upside down smiley face, like, uh-huh. <laughs> when are rappers gonna rap again? It's mm-hmm. like, fuck you. <laughs> and then of course everyone came out of every corner of Twitter of course, of course. and lit them apart. I mean that that was clearly done to provoke people. Like, they clearly wrote that to provoke people. I think maybe it, it provoked them a bit more than they intended. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they wanted the kind of uh, smoke that they got for that tweet. I mean, they got it from all four... They got it from Smash Mouth! <laughs> all four corners of the internet, dude. And then, you know, Big Ghost went after them. And everybody, everybody had a, a say. And pretty much everyone uh, let them know uh, that they were fucking... I mean, just that what a, I mean, what a dumb thing to say for a publication whose nickname is the Hip Hop Bible. Right. What a stupid fucking thing to say. Yeah. And then I, you know, I I posted something and I got into it a little bit with some guy because he was like, I mean, they're not wrong though. I mean, 2019 hasn't really been all that. And I'm like, dude, Freddie Gibbs has come out this year. Danny Brown, JPEG Mafia, mm-hmm. Brock Hampton has come out this year. Uh, Denzel Curry has come out this year. YBN Corday has come out this year. I mean, just really, really. Benny the Butcher, West yeah. Side Gun. Yeah. I think Conway was at the beginning of this year. I mean, just like, dude, 
That's nine off the top of my head. Right. I don't like any of them. Like, I mean, you know, if I understand yeah, if but we're what talking about Eminem, <laughs> if we're talking about like urban radio or what's super popular, fine. Sure. I mean, it's just been fucking Lizzo and uh, uh, Lil Nas X. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about like, you don't even have to search that far to find like good. And, and this is what I was I was uh, talking to my brother about this. There's like now this middle section where not just rappers, but pretty much any musician can find success. Yeah. And it's because of the internet. Mm-hmm. There's this middle section where you don't have to have... I've heard that Childish Gambino album. <laughs> and, I mean, he's a perfect example. Yeah. I mean, his albums aren't like world-crushing albums. No. You know? But he is, he's found success through music and obviously through acting and Being writing and all that stuff. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> but uh, uh, JPEG Mafia, Denzel Curry, uh, Joey Badass, people like that, you wouldn't turn on the radio and hear any of their songs. Right. But they're touring all over the world. Yeah. Then Staples. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, Run the Jewels, mm-hmm. uh, Action Bronson before he had all his fucking TV shows. Like right. there was, there's this middle section where it's not underground, where like no one's heard of you. Yeah, you can still sell out, you know, theaters and stuff, but you're not, you know, on the radio. All yeah, time. you're not gonna walk into an Office Max, right? Not a, <laughs> and hear an Action Bronson song. Not at like a superstardom level. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> right there in that middle section is where. I mean, just plenty of people are having success while doing, like, putting out, like, incredible stuff. I mean, Benny the Butcher put out a seven-track album, mm-hmm. and he wasn't under good music. Like, no one forced him to do that. Right. He just did it. Yeah, and it was incredible. Freddie Gibbs made an album with Mad Lib. Just again. Again, and it's just as good as the last one. Mm-hmm. And, like, no one, like, he, he doesn't have to do that. Right. You know? So it's just it just really bothers me that even if they were looking for attention or looking for smoke with that, it's just like, why you guys? Why did why you guys? You guys are supposed to be the ones champion all this stuff that nobody's yeah. heard of. You're supposed to be the resource that people use right. to find this shit. Well, the 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 biggest issue here, and maybe this is taking it a little too seriously, is that. They are supposed to, if they're putting themselves uh, at this level of being the Bible of hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> then you have to respect it. So yeah. you're by saying that you are disrespecting an entire generation of rappers, mm-hmm. of artists, of musicians, and that that doesn't help anyone. That just puts down people. That's not raising the culture up. That's not you know inspiring people to do better work that's just saying this sucks yeah hmm you know yeah i mean i i get it it was probably just some social media manager who was like this will get them going mm-hmm. this will give us some attention we're gonna get some headlines off of this we're, we're definitely gonna get some heat off this but it's attention and that's what we need right now so yeah. let's let's put it in boom yeah i think but, sometimes people i think people are forgetting what um how powerful twitter is now yeah like you have to realize like the president changes policies through twitter mm-hmm. 
it is the most powerful communication tool in this country. Yeah. Maybe even the world. Yeah. I, I would say so. I mean, people report about, you know, war crimes on Twitter. Yeah. You know, like it's a, the easiest way to get out a, a, a story quickly. Right. Very quickly. Just get it out. And and I, I think that there's still some, uh, uh, there's still um, media entities, there's still celebrities, and there's still basically a lot of boomers who... Sorry, Boomer. They don't understand, like, dude, this isn't just somewhere where you, like, you just jump in, get your little thought off, and mm-hmm. then move on. Like, well, there, yeah. you're cementing your feelings on something forever. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lack of understanding, and I feel respect for social media in general from the older generation. Yes, definitely. So, uh, you know, people, especially, I, you know, I know this from, like, the business side of things, being in marketing. Um, but there are a lot of people who misinterpret and misunderstand, uh, social media as just being this thing that you can kind of fuck around on. Yeah. And especially as a business, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, when you were writing for different businesses, Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of them came to you guys and were just like, well, yeah, I mean, you could throw it on like Facebook or whatever and just kind of like, just throw something up there. And it's like, no dude. Uh Uh-huh. Not throw something up there. Right. This is the most important thing. Right. You have to take this as seriously as any of your other marketing avenues. Yeah. So, yeah, no. That's that's exactly what happens. And I think that's what happens a lot of times with publications or celebrities or you yeah. know, PR teams that don't really know what they're doing. They, they kind of talk out their ass on social media because it's supposed to be informal. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can let your guard down and not be thoughtful about what you're saying. Right. That's... I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. They think that it's this informal space where you're talking with your buddies. And it's like, no, dude, you have 8 million followers. Right. You're not talking with your boys at the bar. No. I mean, you have to be authentic because people will read through PRBS. Right. But at the same time, you have to... You have to think about it. You have to think about what you're saying. Right. I mean, there's a level of authenticity that you can still have when speaking in public. Yeah. So yeah. the the same kind of decorum you would have when you know cameras are on you right. is the same decorum you should have when you're posting on social media because it's even worse. Yeah. Some people may not ever see that video of you saying some crazy shit, mm-hmm. but you throw that tweet out there, that shit is going <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. And not to mention, you're, it's not like some, some reporter just happened to catch you. You reported on yourself. Yes, exactly. So, it's You can't even write that shit away, no, dog. Don't That's self-own. You. Yeah. Please. And and to the point, I mean, not only, I mean, it, a lot of it is that older generation, but like, I, I, you know, I saw somebody saying that the guy who runs the source now is like in his 30s. Mm-hmm. So that's even more disappointing. But it's kind of to your point where he was just like, oh, I'm just going to fuck around right. and see what, you know, try to get some smoke, trying to get some attention, yeah. see what happens. But it's like, you got to, like you said, you mm-hmm. have to respect your status in, in, in hip hop and in the mm-hmm. culture. Like, you're, you know. You may not be what you used to be, and you're a far cry from what you used to be. Right. But you're still the source. Yeah, the name means something. At least it used to. Right. It's the, there's still a legacy behind that brand. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I, I think it needs to just burn down. Probably just burn it down, dude. I mean, it. But I don't want to blame it just all on boomers because it's not just them or Gen no. Xers and all that. No, it, it's not. It, like you were saying, if this guy's the guy who runs the source, I should say, is in his thirties or whatever. 
I mean, it's just, it, it's a, it's a knowledge thing too. Yeah. So, you know, us, we're, we're used to, we grew up with social media already, so we're pretty adept at it. Uh, but we're not adept at doing it as a brand or doing it as a professional or yeah. doing it as a business. Mm-hmm. So that's where people need the help of a professional to tell them the do's and don'ts. Yeah. Because, I mean, I see people all the time, our generation, posting some dumb shit. Yep. Just as a person. Yeah. Just as a human. Now, imagine if that person was running, uh, you know, a, a, a brand that has 100,000 followers. Like, you, just, you multiply the amount of fuck up they can do. Right. So, yeah. anyway. Off of my podium of I mean, marketing. <laughs> any anybody, any any um, uh, any entity or any public thing mm-hmm. should have a social media advisor, some mm-hmm. kind of group, and, and not an intern. Like it needs yeah. to be somebody who knows what they're doing, right? You don't no, yeah, exactly. Not just some fucking guy. They throw in like a twenty-year-old because they're like, "Yeah, you're young. You understand social media." Yeah, that's not how it works. No, trust me. Yeah, I was that twenty-year-old. See, we have no problems here at the One Baron Podcast because no. not only are we the hosts, one of us is the marketing guy. <laughs> yeah, there you and go. And it ain't me. Nope. <laughs> sure ain't. I would definitely be the one that says something. Mm-hmm. Reckless. And, and, and then you'd log in like an hour later and there'd be like a thousand replies. <laughs> Scrub like, the internet. What happened? <laughs> I was away for an hour. DEFCON 5. Or I would just text you and be like, hey, man, I, I made a mistake and I'm going to need you to like fix it somehow what i say about racial slurs (laughs) it wasn't the big one it was a small one it was five little ones (laughs) yeah so you know it's it's just it's disappointing but not surprising and i think we're just saying that so much now it's like it's (laughs) disappointing but not surprising 2019 in a nutshell yeah it's just such a fucking bummer man like that fuck oh god <laughs> everything everything if you want a recap of the year it was a bummer yeah it sucked well at least watchman's good that's true mhm and that is very true yeah and might i add very true very very true that show is uh it's 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 starting off really really yeah. good if you're a fan of the graphic novel oh my goodness if you're a fan of the movie yeah uh, Read I think, the graphic novel. Yeah, definitely and do then that. Come back. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're doing justice to it in a way that you know, even if you're just a casual Watchmen fan, you don't know that much about the lore. Like, obviously, if, the more you know, the more dots get connected, mm-hmm. and it's way more fun. Yeah. Well, there's more to catch. You know? Yeah. I feel like uh, it it matters, but it doesn't because even as somebody who's read the the novel and watched the movie uh, i still don't know what's happening right there's still there's <laughs> right. still tons of mystery yeah dude so. and i i refreshed as much as i could i read the wiki i, I read mm. a bunch of articles on right. it oh you um, went beyond and you you looked into the the like extended universe yes. stuff because there have been recent more recent uh watchman novels that have kind of expanded on uh the watchman story mm-hmm. um without alan moore but yeah you know, uh, so apparently that that stuff seems to be canon in the yeah. show, right? Yes. So, yeah, and I read all of that stuff trying to <clears throat> trying to make sense of what's going on. It helps. It yeah. definitely helps. There's little things where you're like, oh, that makes sense why they did that. Yeah. But I'm still just like you, man. I'm just like, 
I love what I'm seeing, but I don't understand a lot of it. <laughs> I really hope this ties together in the end because I'm on the ride. Yeah, yeah, definitely on the ride. They're 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 building it, and you're like, this is going somewhere, mm-hmm. and this thing is gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna culminate. Right. Well, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Damon Lindelof was uh, part of the uh, the Lost team. Dude, I, I oh my god. Uh- <laughs> I thought I thought for sure. Oh, you think I'm going to talk about the leftovers, <laughs> the show that you should have seen like five years ago? I, I, for certain, you were going to be like, I think he's part of some show, some little show called The Leftovers. <laughs> I think he wrote it. I don't know. I should have done that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think he was he was part of the the writing team of Lost, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, internet, call me on my shit if he wasn't. Yeah. Um, but either way, even if not uh, Lost. Leftovers. Yeah, you know what? Um, Similarly, uh, with the uh, mystery. Off, off topic, but kind of uh, on topic. Okay. I don't really feel like looking shit up anymore. So if we fuck something up, <laughs> whatever, yeah, yeah. call us out on it. I yeah. don't give a shit. Yeah. We're just, I'm just gonna, I'm, yeah. I'm done with the fucking. Well, we can just look it up. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> to be fair, we've been drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's our. That's the. That's our out we, the yes, entire time. Exactly. Yeah. That's gonna be our out from now on. Right. So the next 250 episodes. Yep. That's the out. So call us out. I don't give a shit. Anyway. Uh, yes. Yeah. Maybe so, he did, maybe he didn't. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But uh, if but he was a part of it, then you can see how... Uh, the mystery elements. How, that, how deftly they can build something uh-huh. out of little, little things. Little puzzle pieces that are like, you're like, what the fuck is a, a polar bear doing here? Yeah. And it all comes together all eventually. Comes together. You're like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm kinda, yeah. But on that same token, uh, he, he also tends to not give you everything. So I'm a fan of that. I'm somebody who likes there to still be mystery, and that's okay. Yeah. And you're left to interpret things. We've had these conversations before mm-hmm. where there are just there seems to be two types of people. One person who needs an answer. You know, like the end of Inception, famously. Yes. Some people hate that ending because they're like, I need to know if it's a dream or not. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> but then there's the other people <coughs> who are totally fine with that mystery just existing yeah and you being able to interpret it whichever which way you want to and i'm one of those people i love there to be room for interpretation in a story what's funny about that is um your near debilitating anxiety yeah i was just thinking about that too yeah yeah (laughs) because in life i need answers yeah i need answers i don't care if they hurt me i need the truth tell me what happened and tell me everything typically people who have anxiety are the ones who can't stand the shows that mm-hmm. uh, don't give them answers and the cliffhanger movies and things like that. Right. But do you know what I think it is? Tell me. I think it's because what the fuck I... That was your ass. Uh, <laughs> that's your ass. That's your ass. Um, I think it's because I've realized with my anxiety in life, you rarely get that satisfactory answer. It's always left up to your interpretation. Almost mm. always. Very few times are you given a flat out, this is why this happened, and that's it. That's mm. the end of the story. Most things are ambiguous. Most things that you're you going through your day in, day out is like, oh, well, this thing happened, and I'm interpreting it this way. Yeah. And I'm left with that, you know? <laughs> I, I run into a guy in the supermarket, and he bumps me, and he goes, fuck off, asshole. <laughs> and I, you know, of course, I kick his ass. But then afterwards, I, I'm like, I'm wiping the blood off my hands, and I go, why? Yeah. Why did that happen? Why yeah. did he do that? Right. I don't know. I don't know the guy. And when we're dusting his body parts off the street, we're like, I mean, I don't know why he did that. Why did that happen? I don't get it. Weird. But it did. And and like, I, I enjoyed that. That sort of, 
You enjoyed beating him to a pulp. Yeah, but beyond that, the the poetic realism of not getting answers, I think, is 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 one of my favorite uh, tropes within storytelling. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's very powerful to me. It's like if it's done right. Yeah, because sometimes it's just left out, and you feel like there should have been resolution there mm-hmm. to some way. Uh, it feels incomplete. But if they've if they've told the story right, and these characters have had an entire arc. And there is a full story there without knowing exactly what happens at the end. Mm. It's great. I love it. Maybe also that it doesn't happen to you. Yeah. I'm an observer <laughs> in this. I'm yeah. watching something happen. You know? Yeah. And maybe that, that could be it. Yeah. And there's a level of, um, I think, your um, appreciation of art that supersedes... My anxiety. Yeah, no, <laughs> My honestly, I, th- anxiety. I think it's. I think it's. I think this. It's a level of appreciation of art that is above most things. Yeah, and I think that. I I think that because especially when we watch things together and we and we and we talk about them and 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 enjoy them and or even if we don't enjoy them. Yeah. I think that there's a level that we both have of like appreciation of that art that is above most things. Yeah. That's why I think I don't want to speak for you. You have a microphone in front of you. <laughs> you will anyway. I <laughs> I think I can say that like it's easier for us, for instance, to separate the art from the artist in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. Mostly because the art is so powerful to us that it's like I mean that guy's a dirtbag, but that movie is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and for some people it's it's a lot harder and I think that they take things more personally. And that is why it's harder for them to separate the art from the artist and probably why maybe they are like, no, I can't watch cliffhanger movies mm. because they take it so personally. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, I mean, it's not happening to you. Well, it's also not, on top of that, I should say, additional to that, I think that's also why some people can't handle uh, a protagonist who is bad. Yeah. Like the bad guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, or, or ambiguous protagonists. Yeah. They need to know uh, the motive. Right. They need to know or, his moral or, compass. Or, yeah, or to know that the person I'm following is a good guy. Yeah. Because if not, then who do I have to root for? It's like right. that's sometimes exactly the point. Uh, and some I, people like really start to hate the actor or actress portraying <laughs> yeah, that role because they're too. just like, it was too powerful. It was too. Right. Mu- I took it too personally. Right. It was too much for me. But yeah, no, I mean, a perfect example, you brought it up just earlier in this podcast was Clockwork Orange. Yeah. You know, like your protagonist is an awful person. Yeah. Terrible. You see all the bad things he does, yet he's charismatic and you can't stop watching him. Yeah. And by the end of it, you know, you you kind of empathize with him in a weird way. Yeah. You know, like that movie makes you uncomfortable because it it shows you a monster and makes you, uh, if not relate to him, empathize. Yeah. You as a human. There's definitely a level of sympathy you feel for him especially when he loses his power yeah and you're like i don't know i mean i think the movie the way that the movie's done so well that you don't come away with it going ah yeah fuck him you're like you know uh, he sucked but like that uh, also sucks <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i mean that, that's exactly why like uh, a lot of people don't like that movie flat out you know because of that because of that yeah because of the character and yeah because of the themes and because it's so dark. You know, I, I get if that's not your cup of tea, but at the same time, 
I just don't know how you don't see that as being a powerful story. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't like it. Yeah. If you don't, it's not the themes aren't for you. It's still like it's a powerhouse of a, of a storytelling. Yeah. And very hard to pull off. Definitely, it's like a, a magic trick to be able to get people to not not even root for, but just understand a monster. And to that point, that's what they're doing so far with the Watchmen. <clears throat> it's kind of there's a lot of characters who their motives are a little fuzzy, a little cloudy. Yeah. Where you're like, what does this? What is the end game for this person? Right. What what does what do they want? And how far are they willing to go to get it? Mm-hmm. And I like that shit. Yeah. I like that shit. Ambiguity. Yes. It's nice. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. Although to kind of spoil a little bit of ambiguity for people, if you haven't seen Inception, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do this with you. I'm not going to do this with you. Um, did you ever read that article about <clears throat> what Michael Caine said? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Basically... He answers the question about if it's a dream or not. Okay. Do you want to know the answer? I think I heard this answer. Actually, I think you. I think you. You, you had to. You've, it yeah, was I'm sure you've told me before. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know the answer. But go ahead. Go ahead. Ruin it for everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna ruin for everybody else. If you haven't seen Inception, again, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, Michael Caine said that Christopher Nolan told him that every scene that he's in is real. Okay. So the fact that he's in the end mm-hmm. means it means true. that it actually happened yeah. and that he did make it home to his kids. Right. So anybody who needed answers, does yeah. that make you feel better? Right. I can tell you one thing. It kind of made me feel better, man. I know <laughs> I love, I mean, I'm, I'm like you. I like the uh, ambiguous yeah. ending and I love um, thinking about what could have been. That's, that's one of the reasons why um, uh, the end of Breaking Bad is so great mm-hmm. and why El Camino, while great, mm-hmm. is unnecessary. Because it was good enough to just wonder about, yeah. does he make it? it was, what happens yeah. to him? It was a rare ending that uh, you didn't need anymore. Yeah. It was, it was good. It was good. It was fine. It was good enough. Was Not fine. good enough. One of the best endings of a TV show. Which, which I have to say, uh, I feel the same way about The Sopranos. The Sopranos ending. Yeah. The famous Sopranos ending. Even if you haven't seen the show, I'm sure you Everyone's know about it. Everyone's heard about it. Everyone knows about it. Yeah. Um, I love the ambiguity of, of not seeing it, but knowing how this plays out. Yeah. Just know. You don't have to see it. You don't have to. Yeah. This is the end of Tony's story. You know what happens. You don't yeah. have to see it. You don't. You don't. Yeah. There's no question there. You think he's going to like do a, a, a combat role and take out all these goons? <laughs> like what? No. Hey, no. You, you, right. That's not how the story plays out. Right. You know that. After seeing the show for however many seasons it, it went on for. I think you, it was eight. Something like that. You know how this ends. You've always known how this ends. It's a, you know, that it, this is the story. Yeah. This is what happens. Right. I, I love that. I, yeah. like, I, I, and people who are walking away from it, like, I can't believe they did that. It's like, shut up. Yeah, just, just, yeah. Okay, here's another example. Um, no Country for Old Men. Uh-huh. Um, when we saw it in theaters as youngsters, we laughed at the ending. Yeah. And said, that was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And I vividly remember a guy who I think I would like to meet up with again and just apologize to. Because we were laughing behind him. Uh. 
and like the th- credits were rolling and he got up and he's like you guys just don't get it and he walked out he walked out and I was at the time I was like whatever loser and then it came out on DVD and I rewatched it by myself and I went Whew. he was right <laughs> I did not get that yeah I, I didn't get that at the time but you, I get it now you definitely go back I yeah I for sure watched it a couple of times now at this yeah. point by myself and was like yeah, I was wrong about that. I was I was looking for a movie they weren't making. Yeah, and was uh, I guess disappointed by the shift. Yeah, I was looking for an action movie. I wanted John Wick, and what they gave me by the end of it was this really contemplative, thoughtful, heartfelt ending that you don't see the blood and guts, but you know they're there, mm-hmm. and it's even it's even. Uh, more shocking in that way. Yeah. You know, you don't have to see it. You know what happened. Well, and and in your and in our defense, our young dumb minds defense, that's the way that it came across. The advertising and true. Um, uh, Javier Bardem's character was like this. You know, Jason Voorhees. Yeah, he meets was like uh, he Dostoevsky was the, character. Yeah, like, he was Terminator. Yeah. In a weird wig. This beautiful, just murderous yeah. uh, poet mm-hmm. of like, and and that you're like, and he, you know, he wins an Oscar for it. Yeah. And it's oh, all this fucking great. buzz Fantastic and all this performance, shit. yeah. And then, you know, when, I mean, we were, we had to be, that movie came out, what, 08? I don't know, something like that. I'd say in the range of 06 to 08. Yeah. It's funny, like, there's some if shit. If only there was a way for us to find out. <laughs> well, <laughs> the world may never know. Uh-huh. There, there's some things where... Um, I have to know. Yeah, go ahead. I kind of have to know, too. <laughs> I was definitely going to look it up after. Uh, there's just... There's some, there's some things that, you know, when you're younger... Like, when you're in your... <clears throat> I mean, we, we, we had to be, like, 17, 18, 19, probably. 2007. 2007. So yeah, we were 17 and 18 around there mm-hmm. when that movie came out. And uh, oh, by the way, almost nailed it. Um, <laughs> and so it's funny, like some of the shit that you know when you're a kid, and then some of the shit like you still have no idea. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when I was that age, I know that you know I was reading like Allen Ginsberg and fucking mm-hmm. Kerouac, and I was like you know listening to all this like you know quote deep music and all this bullshit, and yet still came away from a movie like that yeah. laughing my ass off because I was like just didn't get it. I I have a theory for you, okay? I'm listening, and it's that you read those things because you wanted to be a part of something. You didn't read them because you were actually looking for something. Yeah, probably, I could see that for sure. So you didn't really get them. You didn't really absorb it. You read it because you knew it was something important. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I can I can attest to that for if sure. You, if you read it now, you'd get some. You'd get much more out of it. Yeah. Just I, like the movie, you know. Like I, I feel like it's just something. Uh, very few people. I mean, there's there are some genius kids out there who who are super smart. Uh, and world weary and understand the way things work, or at least have more of an understanding than we did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that probably has to do with life experience and the way you were raised and all virginity, these other, virginity, things like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think there's something to, there's something you can't replace about age, time, 
life experience. Yeah. Uh, as an adult, as a full grown ass man, I would get more out of reading those books. Yeah. Reading those poems, watching those movies that are a bit difficult. You know, like yeah. that I would be bored with otherwise if I was seventeen. You no, know? yeah, that ma- that makes perfect sense. I mean, you don't. You can watch all of the rom coms when you're a kid that you want, but only when like you actually go through something like that and actually have your heart broken and right. actually like reconcile with somebody and actually have like one of those corny moments mm-hmm. in the rain. Do you go I fucking get it, man? <laughs> I get why like the good ones are so good and why the bad ones are so, so bad. bad. Why does this make me cry? <laughs> I'm a grown man. Ah! Gotta hold these tears in. <laughs> pull them back. Pull them back. Allergies. <laughs> so yeah, no, you. That's exact. I, that, that's exactly it. I mean, there's, I there is, there was poems that I read, and r- r- um, writings that I read, and just things where I was like, I know, <laughs> I know that there's something to this. Mm-hmm. What it is, I I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> so there would be things where I'm like, I had to admit to the to my inner self that like. <clears throat> I don't get it, man. Yeah, I. Uh, that's how I feel about when I read uh, Slaughterhouse Five for the first time. Mm. I read it and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like, I liked it. I didn't know why I liked it. I didn't know why it was so profound, but I I read it and liked it. But yeah. The more times I've read it over the years, the more I've gotten out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, 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 I feel like that's common for most kids. It's like you you read the things that you hear are important. <laughs> just based on the fact that they're told to you that they're important. Yeah. You watch the movies that people say are classics because you're supposed to watch the classics. But there's, but there's a level to it though, you know, because Mm -hmm. we were kids who, you know, uh, sought those things out. Yeah. You know, there was, there's, there's another level of like, you know, people Neanderthals, (laughs) those fucking mouth breathers. uh, uh, As, as I, as I said on, on, uh, Twitter, the pedestrian. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Read a book. Read a book. Why don't you? Uh, that yeah, they didn't see those things as important. They didn't see those right. things as something that they needed to know about. Which I, you know, I just I wonder because I know I know that my upbringing is probably no different than a lot of other people who, you know, we we we, we you can just see the forks in the road, right? Where it was like. You know what? Instead of focusing on all that nerdy weird shit that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna focus on, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna know everything there is to know about sports, <laughs> right? You know, not to say that I don't know that because I know that too, but that's just not that's not what right. we're talking about. But you see what I'm saying? Like, a, like just those those paths that people take. Yeah, it's just you, really interesting to see why people do the things that y- they do. Your 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 time on this earth is a resource. It's a finite resource. Mm-hmm. So we all pick what we're gonna get into. Or maybe we don't. Maybe we just fall into whatever we're going to do. But we, we, at a certain point, decide what we're going to do. Well, you get really into cars. You get really into movies. You right. get really into sports. You get really into uh, playing sports. You get really into whatever your thing is. Yeah. At least for a while. You may shift. You will shift uh, throughout your life, generally, unless you're like an Olympic swimmer or something, and that's all you do your entire life. Yeah. And smoke um, weed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, helps with the lungs. Um <laughs> But it, that's just what's so interesting to me. Yeah, like what people choose. And why. And why, yeah. 
Why, why, you know, you could have two people that did the same exact thing and yet, well, like uh, <clears throat> a perfect example is like me and my brother growing up. It's not mm-hmm. like we had, you know, we obviously had, you know, we went through different things in our lives, but our upbringing mm-hmm. for the most part was similar. Right. And yet, you know, we just strayed on paths. certain things. I'm no, saying with me and my brother. Um, yeah. They were, they were like polar opposite people. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it happens. I, I you know, I think it, I, it, it's interesting to think about that because I think more times than not, that's exactly what happens in mm. a family, in a nuclear family. It's like the brothers and sisters are, they very rarely are super into the same things. Yeah. It's more like a cousin is likely to be super into what you're into. Yeah. For some reason, there's like a, a distance thing that has to happen because I, I think it's, it's the same thing with relationships. If you're too close to the same person, you end up hating each other. Yeah. So I think instinctively, Definitely. like we're gonna have to talk later. By the way, yeah, probably. Um, instinctively, I, I I think that there's something built in to to people, yeah, to to siblings that you're just kind of given a either given a different deck of cards or you find different cards throughout your life because you just in your gut want to be different than the person who you're closest to. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Even though you may not think you want to because you have an older brother or something, you look up to them generally or you, you want to emulate certain things about them yeah. a lot of the time. Um, but somehow, I don't know, like it just tends to be a common story where you are on polar opposites by the end of the day. Mm. There are things that link you, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit country. He's a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> Oh, that's God. my TED talk. That's <clears throat> good. It's really good. Thank you. Yeah, who knows, man? I guess that's probably what people go to school for, like fucking sociology yeah, and shit. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, I don't sociology? know. Sociology? What the fuck? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like the study of socios. All right. Yeah. Socios? Socios. Socio. Hit me up with another beer. Yeah. Give me another beer. He's going to crack another one open. So- yeah. Again, official. Uh, you know, I like this. Is the this official. Yeah, I like the 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 labeling on this. It's simple, but it looks like a um, it looks like a baseball team. I was gonna say that it looks like an old school baseball team. I like that. Oh, speaking of baseball teams, did you see they're trying to bring an MLB team to Orlando? I saw that. The Orlando Dreamers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that name, guys. Dreamers. The the Orlando Dreamers. Dreamers. I'll tell you this though. I saw somebody on Twitter was like, the Ar- <laughs> oh. I can't even say it with a straight face. It was so fucking racist, man. Oh no. He just says he's like the Orlando Dreamers, more like the Orlando Illegals. Uh. But he wasn't joking. He didn't do the Am I Right or uh-huh. LOL yeah, or anything, yeah. dude. He meant oh, he, he meant was it. stone cold serious. He, he was like, dude, I am all for uh, Orlando having an MLB team, but you know, you gotta scrap that fucking name. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta start over from. You gotta scrap that logo because the logo looks too old school. It's like, who the fuck are you, right. dude? Hello, graphic designer. Yeah, man. I mean, to, to be fair, it sucks. Yeah, that logo. All the entire uh, yeah, the whole thing, thing is yeah. the nuke it from space. Yeah, it's yeah. a te- who 
Who? Who thought of the Orlando Dreamers? Probably the guy who thought of the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Yeah. It's only it, it, it's it, only cool because it's, it's been, been around. around. Yeah. <laughs> it's been around. Yeah. Um why can't we just pick a cool animal like everyone else? Seriously, I don't know why. I don't know why we have to be this weird shit. Why we have to be the heat and like uh, why I don't know why we can't just be something dope. We've got like crazy fucking animals. Yeah, we have so many animals. <laughs> like there's oh god, there's no professional gators team, is there? No, not a pro gators team. Just no. Do gators, just do gators. gators. Just do the yeah. gators. Why not? Gators. Why not? Please. Swamp rats. Yeah. Swamp the Orlando rats. swamp rats. They I think that was in the running. I think Mud Dog was in the running that for just sounds racist. For a different Yeah, it does. Um but yeah, I I um uh, I don't know. I don't know. Dreamer. Dreamer sounds so weak. Even without the DACA context, that shit is lame as fuck. I'm sorry. It's awful. I I hate to agree with the brutally racist guy on Twitter, but it's not a good name. Not for those reasons. No, no, no. no. (laughs) It's just not. Let's make that clear. Although, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm down with like an old school, like a nostalgic. Uh, logo, something that reminds you of the past, mm-hmm. but that shit, yeah, that shit just looked no. old. It didn't no. look nostalgic. It looked no, it looked, old. it looked cheap and old. Yeah, but more power to the dude that's trying to do this. The guy who actually who came up with the magic, this, the guy oh. who founded the magic, is the guy who's trying to do this. Yeah, so it would be dope. It I've, would be dope. The only responses I've seen on social media have been, "Better not take it out of my tax money." Oh God. That's that's literally everything I've seen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, It'd be cool to watch foot foot football, uh, so- soccer, so- um, cricket. Yes, it'd be cool to watch American cricket. cricket. American cricket. Yeah, in it'd be cool Orlando. to watch American cricket. I would rather them be called the Orlando Crickets. <laughs> yeah, than the Orlando Dreamers. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like a name. It just sounds so temporary. It's like, okay, what happens when the dream comes true? Are we just going to continue being the dreamers? I mean, I just picture so many bad headlines already. The dream is over. Yeah. Orlando Dreamers left to dream of another championship. <laughs> Orlando Dreamers, more like Orlando Nightmare. Ah. Uh, nightmare uh, season for Orlando Dreamers. <laughs> dreamers. Um, let's see. Uh Fans left sleeping at Orlando Dreamers game. Wish we could wake up from this dream mm-hmm. season in the toilet. Yep. <laughs> and the list goes on. Right. Yeah, it's a bad idea. It's a bad it's idea. It's a bad idea. I think that's probably when you're when you're in a meeting coming up with names for shit, the first thing you should do is bring in like a Deza Sinmero and just see how much they can get off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just how many they can just ring off. Immediately. You give yeah. them like twenty minutes and just let them ring off. Yep. And if they if they can get to like a certain number, you're like, all right, that, that one's Scrap out. Scrap it. But if they can't Next. come up, if they can only come up with a couple and they're struggling, it's like, all right, we got it. We might have ourselves a fucking name here. Yeah. You know? That's not a bad Like, idea. how many fucking names? Even if you take away the uh, the illustrious culture and, and success that the, the Los Angeles Lakers have built up. Yeah. How many jokes can you ring off about the Lakers? The Lakers have dried up. Yeah. Uh... The Lakers have sunk. 
But I mean, nobody knows what a Laker is anymore. Exactly. So. That's exactly it. It's so weird. And obviously, time has made it so that no one gives a shit about the origin of it. But yeah, isn't it? Isn't it that um, Lakers are like people who would sail on lakes? As what? As far as I know, they were called that because they started in Milwaukee. Right. Right. Yeah. I knew. And that it was part. because of the la- just the Great Lakes. Okay. That's it. That's the only context that I know for. So, it. They just they made it a thing. Somebody <laughs> who lakes is a Laker. A Laker. I mean, what's a Clipper? It's the thing that you use for your hair, but... Yeah. No, a clipper is a type of boat, isn't it? Is it? A clipper, right? Am I wrong? I don't know. Google. I, don't, I never Google. knew what a Los Angeles clipper was. What is a clipper? Let's see what we got here. Um, It brought up the sports page. Of course. Uh, why are they called the clippers? How about that? That's better. Behind the name, Clippers. A contest decided on Clippers because the city was known for the great sailing ships that passed through San Diego Bay. Hey, there you go. When the Clippers moved to Los Angeles in 1984, they kept their nickname. So they're just a boat. Yes. They're the Los Angeles boats. Boats. See, that's not much better. Let's see what Laker is. Let's just, you know, for shits and gigs. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the question isn't what is a Laker, it's what exactly is a Laker? A <laughs> uh, Laker is one associated with a lake. There you especially go. Especially a fish, such as a lake trout living in or taken from a lake. Yeah, so that one Laker. just literally is the fact that Milwaukee was its proximity to the Great Lakes. Yes. That's it. Yep. Um, I remember the Mud Dogs was one of the ideas for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, I remember that too. And people were like, why didn't we go with Mud Dog? That's mm-hmm. so much better than a Pelican. Right, right. So much better. Pelican is pretty lame. That's Yeah, it's lame as fuck. Charlotte Bobcats, I mean, they lost their name. They went back to the... Mercifully, mm-hmm. they went back to the Charlotte Hornets. Right. Which is, I mean... It's great. Like... I couldn't believe that they changed it in the first place. The name is great. The mascot's great. The colors are great. Everything about that is it. it, They nailed that so much. Right. You can't do it any better. No. Everything about that franchise, other than its success (laughs) level, right? Everything outside of that (laughs) is great. From a from a viewing standpoint, everything about it is fantastic. Right. Um. You know, I I really like the jazz. Yeah. I really like the Utah Jazz. Well, the thing about it is, here's the craziest part, is they used to be in New Orleans. Which makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Right. And then you ship them to Utah, and then you go, well, we'll still be the Jazz, because it's such a dope name, and the Mm. logo is awesome. And it's like, but it doesn't make sense anymore. Right. And it's the same thing with LA. Like, you move from Milwaukee, (laughs) you go to LA, and it's like, yeah, but the name still works. It's like, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. That's like if the if the Heat moved to like New York or something, and they were still like the New York Heat, and it's like that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> it's not hot here. The for one most you pay for. Um, yeah, I, li- I like I like the Utah Jazz. I liked it more when it was the New Orleans Jazz. Yeah, it just made more sense. Um, some of them are just like some of them are just like you can tell, like a child came up with them like the raptors <laughs> the raptors thinking the raptors <laughs> immediately i mean i i originally 
Well, no, I originally knew it was dinosaurs because I was super into dinosaurs. But <laughs> later on, I was like, why didn't they go for like a bird? You know, like yeah. a raptor. But then you have the hawks and yes. other teams that are bird based. So they, they probably felt like there was a, especially red bird based. I know it's NFL. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. There's not a lot of bird based uh, <laughs> just NFL basketball teams. teams. Seahawks. Most of them are this. Yeah, it's all it, the. Oh, I mean, Seahawks, Cardinals, Falcons, Ravens, Falcons, um, uh, Eagles. Eagles. There's so uh, many birds. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many of them. What about? Uh, okay, NBA. What NBA teams? I think are? it's the Hawks. Penguins, penguins, the penguins, the pelicans. <laughs> pelicans. But that's a new team. Yeah, I mean, you still count it, but it's a new team. Right. Um, they could have gone with Raptors and had yeah. birds. What about the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, that's terrible. Awful, right? Terrible. I mean, come on, the Suns. Right. I. <laughs> I'm the Miami Skies. <laughs> I don't know. I think. I think though. I think Pelicans or Bob. Bobcats only because when they made the Bobcats, first of all, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, but the guy who owned the team at the time got eaten by a Bobcat. <laughs> his name is Bob Johnson. Okay. And I hope Bob Bobcat Johnson. That, yeah, that they didn't do that. That they uh-huh. were like, Bob owns the team, will be the Bobcats. Uh huh. No, 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 guys! You don't understand. It, we're cats. We're Bob's cats. We're, we're Bob's cats. No, we're doing Bob. Charlotte's Bob's cats. It's like Ruth's Chris. Right, <laughs> Ruth's Chris. It's, we're Charlotte's Bob's cats. The New York Knickerbockers. Yeah. People just just let go of the fact that it's a Knickerbocker. Right. Just like the, the, the Knicks. We're not going to talk about this. Okay? We're the pants. We're not going to. You're not going to bring it up. You're, we're the New York Knickerbockers, mm-hmm. okay? Don't talk about it. Nope. Uh, the Phoenix Suns mascot is a gorilla. Okay. No one talks about that. <laughs> we just yeah. we just let that one go. I would say that uh, that stuff, the dragon, doesn't make much sense, but we're magic, so I guess you get like a, a Merlin vibe from that. Yeah, I guess that's the only thing that I can think of. Um, I mean, you don't want him walking around being Mickey Mouse. Like, how corporate Ugh. is that? I, although, now that they're doing the... Uh, advertising on the jerseys mm-hmm. ours is of course disney of course it's like the first thing that popped up on the jersey there are worse ads to have on your jersey i mean especially if you're in orlando yeah. one thing if you were like a san diego team or like you know the oklahoma city yeah thunder and then you had disney on you mm-hmm. so by the way oklahoma city thunder is dope but not as dope as the seattle supersonics yeah supersonics is cool that's way better yeah and they've been campaigning to bring the team back mm-hmm and uh, I think, like, I don't know, the governor or the senator or whatever, he's like, I want to bring it back, but nobody wants to pay for it. <laughs> and, like, we Seattle's like, yeah, I mean, bring bring it back. But, I mean, we're not going to pay for it, but, like, bring it back. <laughs> yeah. You can't just bring it back. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just, like, expansion teams suck for, like, the first five mm-hmm. seasons. You can't, you just can't do it. You can't do it. Can't do it. You'd have to move a team. And Oklahoma... <laughs> I mean, they've had some. I mean, sorry, this this is gone into sports. <laughs> sports. <laughs> anyway, shitty team logos. Am I right, kids? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Well, I'm excited. Let's. I'm. I'm excited that they're trying to bring a team here. Yeah. That's really fucking cool. I mean, it's kind of 
it's kind of weird that Orlando only has a basketball team. Yeah, and then right. you have to go to fucking Jacksonville or Tampa Bay. Or, yeah, you know. I, I was I was just talking to some other other friends than you. You have those. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that too. Um, so I was talking to other friends than you, mm-hmm. and I was. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys. I didn't allow this. He I, uh, talked to me prior, and he's just going rogue. I was to talking friends. to my real friends. Wow. And uh, the truth comes. We, out. we were talking about how weird it was that Orlando doesn't have an NFL team when we're such a major city in Florida. Yeah, one of the major cities. Um, I mean, not to take anything away from the team, the the cities that actually have NFL teams, but like Orlando, you know? Yeah, yeah. you know. We got. Yeah. we got. We got a stadium. Well, here's the Play thing. In it. Here's the thing. The I think the problem is. If you look at historically uh, the Orlando fan base, it sucks. We suck. Suck. We suck. We first of all, we apparently like soccer though. But even that, like we used to fill out the stadium. Now yeah. less and less people are going. Well, we start sucking too. So, but that you shouldn't. That's what drives me nuts about people. Fairweather cl- fans. Yeah, fairweather fans. Yeah. I get it. Okay. That's how I feel about UCF. You can't. Yes, yes. It, that's yeah. They're they're a good example of mm-hmm. people just, you know, whatever. Jump on the bandwagon. I don't. I don't care. It's the people who claim to be fans, who, like, you can't be upset that say, like, if Orlando sold the Magic one day mm-hmm. and then the Magic got moved to fucking Idaho or whatever, and you're like, why the fuck would we sell the team? It's like because nobody fucking went, bro. Right. When we sucked, nobody went. Right. And I get that that's how these things work. Yeah. But it just drives me fucking crazy mm-hmm. whenever people are always like, I, I, can't, I can't believe. It's like, what? what's so hard to believe about the fact that no one showed up when we... You don't need people to show up when we're in the playoffs and we're playing for right, a spot right. in the finals. People are going to show up. Yeah. Tourists are going to fucking show up. We They're need- going to fly in to watch <laughs> right. that game. We need your support when we suck. Right. That's when the stadiums need to be full yeah. or half full yeah. at least. Yeah. You know, we went to a game, uh, me and one of my other friends. Ugh. You don't have those. We went to a game, I think, last season. How much season. did you pay for? <laughs> she paid for me. Okay. Because I'm a podcast host. <laughs> And she wanted to spend time with an intellectual. Uh-huh. And I bored her to death. <laughs> hey, so I like the orange of the ball. <laughs> Can you look at it? Look at it. It goes up. It goes down to the basket. Hey. We went last year or the year. No, it was last year. It was last season. We went. And uh, I mean, it was, it was a fucking awesome time. We were in like a suite. Mm. And like, you know, it's one of my rich white friends. Nice. Shout out to my boy. You know, he doesn't listen to the podcast. Okay. <laughs> He's then not a real friend. Don't shout him out. He doesn't deserve it. He's not a real friend. No, he probably listens. I mean, you know what'll happen is one day he'll be like, Hey man, I heard that you just oh you only referred to me as your rich white friend. That's really rude of you. So I want you to know you're not just that. You are not getting this caviar. <laughs> you're just white. That's it. Cause you're not. Re- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you, Eddie. You know that. Oh, um, it's cute. Uh, but yeah, we had we had an awesome time. But the stu- the stadium was like half full, man. And it's like that's when. Yeah, it's always disappointing to see. And and uh, 
you're exactly right. Is like every Orlando fan base has that syndrome for some reason. I don't know what it is. I think it maybe it's the like the transient nature of everybody from here. Everybody, yeah. fr- every or I shouldn't say everybody from here. Everybody who's living here, because most people living here, I can almost guarantee, are from you know New York, mm-hmm. New Jersey, uh, you know the Midwest. Yeah. Even out west, some people come out here. Uh, well, think about think about how many people like all of our all of our mutual friends. Let's let's mm-hmm. look at the fan base. Right. First of all, I only know one person who's a Buccaneers fan. Literally one person. Yeah. Everybody else that I know is, um, uh, when it comes to football, you're a Jets fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a Seahawks. Unfortunately, fan. Uh, Bobby's a a, a Jets fan. Uh huh. Katie's a, a Giants, Giants fan. Right. Uh. Uh, well, Eddie's the Bucks fan. South is from Cincinnati, so I mm-hmm. guess he has to be a Cincinnati fan. But Rob is kind of a Bucks fan. Kind, yeah, yeah, I guess you could say he's he a, said he's. I mean, he said he goes for the team. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I uh, Mike, he kind of goes for the Bucks, but not really. Right. He doesn't fucking. He wouldn't show up for a game. Right. One of my other friends, he's a fucking. He's lived here his entire life, and he's a. Atlanta Falcons fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the list goes on and on. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, it, it's like you said. It's just like people who are here aren't from here. Right. So they're not going to claim a lot of the place. So okay. So <clears throat> I guess a better thing is to the people who are from here. When it comes to the NBA, I have a friend who's a Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the people that I know who watch basketball are Heat fans. Yeah, because uh, that—that I mean, it's just an easier franchise to go for. You yeah. fucking bitch ass Fairweather fans. Right. Just an easier fan base. No respect. They have a couple championships. You know, they've had, you know, like Hall of Fame players on their team. Yeah. So they're an easier fan base to root for. Um, a bunch of Knicks fans. A bunch mm-hmm. of you know. Nope, there's not a lot of magic fans. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, by virtue of my family being from New York, I am a Knicks fan, but I I'm a big Magic fan too. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. It's like you have to I feel like a lot of people here, especially, you know, our generation and maybe a couple generations behind us are first-time Floridians. So, uh, we don't have that allegiance. We have to kind of like split that fandom. Yeah, which makes it so you're not really super loyal <laughs> to, yeah. to the fan base. Um, and so when they start sucking, it's like, well, I mean, I'm I'll jump to my other one anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that explains it right there. Unfortunately, but what what can what can we do to change that besides winning? Um, unfortunately, and getting I, a better think, name, yeah, than the Dreamers. I, I think the only thing that you the only thing that you can do is is be successful. That's it. Like it has to be. They have to make the right moves. Right. You don't have to be a perennial championship team, but you have to be good mm-hmm. every consistently year. good. Yeah, good year after year. Like Oklahoma City has a loyal, diehard fan base, and that's because for almost their entire lifespan of being a team, they have been successful. They mm-hmm. drafted fucking. Durant, right. James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. They right. made it to the finals twice. They've been in the playoffs literally every almost every season. Yeah. That's the kind of level of success you need to have 
<clears throat> to garner a loyal, loyal, diehard fan base. And there's diehard Orlando Magic fans. Yeah, Not yeah, to yeah. take away from the people who no, are, there are fans. there are people who show up every time. Yes, there's a lot of people who bleed blue. Mm-hmm. I Shout out to those people. You bleed blue. We see you. Mm-hmm. But the only way to you know, to change those casual fans into, you know, hey, what are you what are you doing tonight? Let's just go see the fucking magic. Let's mm-hmm. go watch a magic game. Yeah. You have to be consistently successful. Right. You have to be an above five hundred team. You just have to be. Yeah. And we haven't been above five hundred in I mean last year we were, but before that, I mean I mean, I think it was almost a decade. Yeah. That we were that we were a sub five hundred team. Mm. And that's just not gonna cut it. Why would people, I mean, at the same time as we're dogging Fairweather fans, it's like, why would you fucking, why would you why stick would you, around? Yeah. If you, especially if you don't have any connection to it. Yeah. If you have other choices, why the why fuck would, would you, you stick around? Lottie was telling me that a lot of people aren't renewing their, their, um, their season uh, passes, not just their season, season passes, tickets. but their, yeah, they're not their season tickets, but their, um, you know, cause she, the sweets, the sweets. Thank you. Yeah. She's She, she works up there with the sweets and a lot of right. people aren't renewing them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why would they? Right. You know? Yeah. You go, which there is to... ironic because we had the best year last year that we've had in right. years. Right. So, well, I mean, I think it's a, it's a momentum thing, you know, yeah. like if you have five or more years of sucking <clears throat> and you have a fluke season where it's pretty good, people are still going to go with the, the, you know, the, the odds that this year is not going to be great again yeah you know? which is too bad it is it, you i mean when your team sucks you have to have hope <laughs> yeah that, that's all that funds you know the next season or you know some new new uh players and stuff but other yeah. than that it's just kind of like let's give it a try <laughs> you gotta yeah. support them i mean we we uh f- we traded for the former number one overall pick markel fultz and now there's already i mean he's having you know he's, he's starting off pretty good he's He's had a weird, uh, weird career. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go into the details, but there's already like trade rumors, you know. So it's mm-hmm. that thing, that thing, that 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 thing. I'm, I'm talking like my dad. My dad just came out. Just <laughs> that thing there. Um, <clears throat> it's that Marco. also uh, where we can't, we just can't hold on to players, you know. Anyway, we're not going to. Uh, yeah, we've already <laughs> we spent enough time sports. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you wanna, if you if you wanna know more, fucking Google it. Okay. <laughs> like, I I saw a thread real quick. I saw a thread about the the new team, the new yeah. baseball team, the Orlando baseball team, um, and they they're like clearly like they're sending this thing out to die. Like the the design's terrible, the name's terrible. Like who thought of this? And somebody's like a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> the next line was, I'd honestly prefer the Orlando Boomers. <laughs> I mean, other than the negative connotation to that word, it sounds cool. Sounds awesome. The boomers. The boomers. Yeah. Fucking boomers. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's so funny, man. That that whole thing is just hilarious. (laughs) The whole okay boomer meme. Yeah. It is hilarious to me. Because it's the it's the ultimate judo move. Yeah. You get you see somebody angry. Okay, boomer. And people and it drives them crazy. Mm-hmm. You if you've listened to this show even for the past couple of weeks, you know that I mean me personally, I'm a proponent for ageism, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But not really. Oh, there God. are certain reasons there are certain things 
you should discriminate against old people for. Okay? They just are. They just can't do certain things. Okay? You wouldn't send out Bernie's, even though Bernie Sanders can make a couple of jump shots on an eight-foot rim, I wouldn't send him out to guard LeBron James, now would I? There are certain things that they can't do, all right? And uh, I've just, just seeing these, seeing articles and media outlets take this so seriously. That's what's funny to yeah. me. The, the meme is, is funny in and of itself. But what's really funny is how deadly serious some of these articles are about the damage being done and the, uh, you say something like that and it, and it shuts down discourse. <laughs> well, the, um, the, the big one that I saw on Twitter was a guy le- like legitimately angry saying, Boomer is the ageism slang for the N-word. I mean... I'll never, ever, ever understand. Well, I under I get it on a level. Remember that time boomers were slaves? <laughs> <laughs> this idea that every... Five acres and some Ben Gay. All of it... I don't know why all of it always has to be uh, uh, compared to how severe it, it, it is, how severe it correlates to uh-huh. the damage of the N-word. I just don't understand. I mean, I get it because well, no, that's the shocking exa- thing. It's the same exact argument that happens when people are like, well, I mean, that's what the Nazis did. Right. You know, like it, it's the it's the knee jerk. This is the worst case scenario. Yeah. Slavery in the N-word and also Jews and the Nazis. Yeah. That's it. And that's the and it's it's the it's the easiest it's the easiest it route to take. Right, right. It it it's uh the uh what's it called? Um not hypothetical, uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? Hyperbole? Hype yeah, the hyperbole yeah. route. Where where you just immediately go to the biggest and baddest thing you can possibly think of. Right. When it's not applicable. Yeah. Like it, it, it just it doesn't work and it weakens your argument because no, it's not. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's just not. Well, and that and that's the thing. It's like when you do that, when you start your argument, you already you already make someone want to go, okay, boomer. Because it's like, dude, how are we even gonna have a normal An conversation, conversation if you are already starting at ten, dude? You're boomering it up. <laughs> We're all you're already a, a race car in the red, man. You're <laughs> you're you're di- you're dynamite TNT. <laughs> How are we going to have a normal conversation when you've already taken it to that level? Yeah. So that shit. Ah, man. (laughs) I will say that is definitely the exception to the rule. I'm sure most people don't think that. But that one guy on Twitter definitely got a lot of replies. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I was reading this thing on CNN and it was like this... um, they did this little uh, thought experiment, if you will. You say experiment? Experiment. This thought experiment. I don't believe my words. Oh, bother. This thought experiment. Yes. Where they they were like, okay, let's 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 kind of get to the bottom of this. Okay, let's let's have a millennial and a boomer talk to each other okay. and have some discourse over this phrasing. And why it's so hurtful, and how, what can we do differently, and yada yada. Uh-huh. 
So basically, they had these two people write in their responses, and then they put them all together in this article. Mm -hmm. And it was just like so indicative of the issues that both of these sides have. You Mm -hmm. take a millennial who was quite clearly somebody who is... um, far left not uh-huh. not not like far not like antifa far left but like you know the kind of person that that people roll their eyes at the fucking you know uh, uh and i don't mean anything so by these things <laughs> you're saying a vegan i was gonna say vegan <laughs> i was definitely gonna start with uh-huh. vegan uh-huh. i don't know if people could even hear the v-v-v-v coming <laughs> there is nothing wrong with being a vegan man you can be a vegan all you want man okay just don't fucking shove your fucking grassroots down my throat man <laughs> they okay, eat grassroots man. They just eat the root the, of the their, grass. Their, their they don't grassroots cause grass. is grassroots. It's just gra- <laughs> their grassroots <laughs> cause is grassroots. Ugh. No, I mean you know, whatever. Hey um, man, I like almond milk too. All right. <laughs> so, uh, did we talk about how the milk industry is dying on the podcast? <laughs> no, but please continue with your so, point. Sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that because it has a lot to do with vegans. Vegans are killing the milk industry. Um, but anyway, just to, your stereotypical millennial. Yeah. Okay, I don't have to fucking... You know what I'm saying. Yeah. A woke bloke. Basic. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the boomer was your stereotypical boomer. He was yep. like incredibly condescending, uh, incredibly uh, uh, passive aggressive. Was he and, wearing and Dockers? insulting. They didn't show him, <sighs> but you can tell he was typing in Was Dockers. it in all caps? No. But there was a tone to it. Okay. It was definitely a tone. But and and it just was like we're never gonna get anywhere. Yeah. It's too we're it's just too split well, at this point. But that's uh, I don't agree with that assessment because I feel like that was set up for the most drama possible. You find the two most different people that you possibly can but, I mean, on those you, spectrums. Do you think that they like surveyed them? You know, I'm sure. A, I'm sure they did. They probably did. I'm sure they and did. CNN. They I'm pro- sure that's probably they exactly did. what they did, right? They, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all for like the drama of it. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to find, they're not going to find a boomer and a millennial who kind of are like middle of the road, like norm, quote unquote, normal people. Yeah. And have them just talk, because that's boring. If if they're just like, uh, yeah, I see your point. All right. Yeah. No, I see yours too. Yeah, actually. True. Uh, okay. True. But then goodbye. Okay. So then, what do we? <clears throat> I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to figure out. Like, we can't. You can't have two centrists, right? That, like, like you said, yeah. that's boring. That's right, just. Right. That's two people who are like. There's I no see your point. And, yeah. There's no conflict. But I think that you need to have two people who are far left and far right, because you need them to meet in the middle. People who are already leaning to the middle, uh, it's going to be easy for them to meet in the middle. They're already going to, they're already, they want to meet you there. Right. They, people who are left center and right center are looking for a reason to meet in the middle. You just have to give them a cogent argument and they'll go, I can see that. Right. At, at very least, I see your point. I disagree with it, but I see your point. Right. 
You can you can have a conversation with those kind of people. You right. have to convince somebody who is on the uh, uh, the completely different political spectrum. And the problem with that is the the political climate that we're in right now is just so hard yeah. to. <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Beautiful, sorry, everybody. Co- cogent point, Marco. <laughs> um, it, it it that's just. It's just really hard to. I just think it that right now we're just we're we're just not in a uh, climate or environment no. where people even. I think that there's probably people who are like in their head, like I could see that, but I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna yeah, give no. any ground. No, 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 because they feel like the other person won't either. So right, it's it's a yeah, it's 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 that's the way things are right now. Like like okay, veganism for instance. Right. The idea <clears throat> that. No animal should suffer for my enjoyment. Or die, period. Yeah. Like, how can you argue against that? What is your argument against that? I don't like it. Like, how much of a piece of shit do you have to be to like go, yeah, well, fuck them though. Am Mm. I right, guys? Cheeseburgers. Yeah, but I like bacon. I mean, you. I think there's a level of having to admit that you're not willing to take those steps because uh-huh. cheeseburgers are awesome. Yeah, I mean, and that doesn't like <clears throat> you know, that's a defense mechanism. That yeah. that's me saying I realize that there is a sacrifice being made by animals and that we are putting them through very bad things and killing them. However, my norm is more important than that. Yeah. I'd rather not know the details or to some people, some I'm, there's, there's a very small sliver of people that I'm going to talk about right now. It's like hunters and fishermen and anglers and all those people, outdoorsmen mm. type of people, outdoors people can be women too. The outdoors people. Um, those people, you know, they, I find a lot of them are anti-vegan because they, uh, you know, they believe that meat is part of our natural diet, which it is. Right. Um, and that there, especially them, if they, if you go out and get the meat yourself, you earn that meat. That's right. your meat. You eat that meat. Right. That's the meat you got. Well, and, and <clears throat> for a lot of them, the, the way that they hunt is the most humane way yeah, to kill those Yeah, super ethical. Yeah, super uh, uh, humane. And, uh, you know, I don't think you can lob this argument at them because they know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Right? But we're talking about, you know, just... Bob on the corner who you just, and I, <laughs> yeah, who who just likes a cheeseburger and is is you know <laughs> saying I hate you vegans. I, we go together and eat cheeseburgers <laughs> at night. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I I think the the biggest argument is against the people who uh, you know go to go to Walmart for their meat and are uh, openly. Hateful towards vegans because they want to treat animals ethically <laughs> and they have some annoying tendencies. Well, I mean, what a it's just so wild to me, man, that people are like, Ugh. It, it's it's a, it's a weird like American thing, though. It's like, yeah. don't tread on me. Yeah, I want like, my burgers. <laughs> You're not going to take them from me. You're taking my cold, dead hands, like you, my you, greasy hands. We, we, we've made vegan like a, a curse word, like Ugh, blah, vegans. Well, yeah, blah. yeah, well, it's the same exact tone that people get when they're like, 
why don't you save some money and stop getting your caramel macchiato? Yeah. You know, well, you're going to eat your avocado toast. Right. You <laughs> avocado, avocado toast. toast. Avocado toast is awesome. Go fuck yeah. yourself, dude. It's such a great way to start your day. Yeah. It's light, and delicious, health, hey, healthier than a bed of bacon. <laughs> exactly. Don't you fucking tread on my avocado toast. It's healthy fat. I love that shit. Yeah. Avocado toast is good. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's that same tone. That a lot of boomers, <laughs> even Gen Xers though. Gen Xers aren't exempt from this. Oh no, they're. I think Gen Xers are worse than than boomers are because mm-hmm. boomers are a couple of generations removed, and they're looking at it like, "Oh, you crazy kids, you have no idea." Right. But the Gen Xers have this. They grew up with the um, alt attitude. Yeah, they're detached in yeah. a way. They're, they're heroes. Speaking, obviously speaking in large swaths here. Yeah, Sorry yeah, if you're I mean, a Gen X are listening and don't agree with this. And this doesn't apply to you. But understand we're not talking about. We're right, talking or, about or generalities. A, also, if you're offended, if the shoe fits, go fuck yourself. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about this? Wear the shoe and go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Hey, put both shoes on, walk outside, and go fuck yourself. How about this? How about this? Put one shoe on, yeah. tie the other one uh-huh. in your asshole, Go fuck yourself. That's right. That's right. If you can see the shoelaces coming out of your throat because the shoe is so far up your ass, that's the goal. Go mm-hmm. fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and they had this. Um, put on both shoes. Put, yeah. Tie them both. Put uh-huh. them. Tie them together in a bow. Right. Take a shoe horn. Yeah. Stick it up your ass. That's go right. fuck yourself. I love it. I love it. I love it. You, that's right. You fucking. You fucking Gen X's. And you fucking what? I mean, you fucking REMs. <laughs> <laughs> your yeah. Ario speed wagons, wagons. your fucking your fucking Alice in Chains or you like Sheryl Crow uh, go fuck yourself or, 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 or your favorite movies Love Actually <laughs> I think we have to go a little bit earlier than that go further back oh you like Wild Things <laughs> what's, what's that movie with um with <laughs> I'm breaking I feel like we need this. something with Ryan Phillippe in it I'm trying to think of a uh, 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 oh uh, uh, cruel intentions. Cruel you intentions. like cruel intentions. You like cruel intentions. It's yeah. your fucking movie. You, you know grew what? up on that. I know what you did last summer. You know what it was? Go fuck yourself. You went and fucked yourself. That's what you did last summer. You fucked yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can do it this summer and next summer too. You fucking piece of shit. You trash. <laughs> you trash. Fucking garbage. Garbage Gen Xer. <sighs> what is that movie with uh with um <clears throat> Ben Stiller and uh uh Ethan Hawke and uh. Oh, <laughs> fucking Ben Stiller's like the good guy that the chick is, that everybody's like, the, you know, you're supposed to be with him, but mm. like she gets with Ethan Hawke because he's like the bad boy yeah, and he's yeah, yeah. fucking sexy and shit. Yeah. You know what movie, you know I know what movie, movie I'm talking, talking about. about. I, I know you know I what movie I'm talking about. I don't recall the name, but I know what you're talking about. I can't, I can't, I can't let this one go. I know I, I'm breaking my rule now. <laughs> I have to know what, I have to know what movie this is. Because um, that's, that's a big Gen Xer movie. Uh, Clerks, <laughs> Clerks, yeah. Clerks is a big one. Um, mm. Gen X or movies? That's a good. That's a good category. Yeah, it's good. Uh, um, Jeopardy category. Matrix. You consider Matrix a Gen X or movie? Yeah, I think so. The first one for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a movie where um, 
I mean, you had to have been like, like to truly appreciate it when it came out, you had to have been at Reality Bites. Reality Bites. Came out in 94. That's Uh, a Gen X movie for your Empire Records. Empire Records. Uh Uh-huh. You fucking, you, hey, (laughs) did you tie both shoes? You walked into Empire Records and you went and fucked yourself. (laughs) How about you that? Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sit Uh, on a record player, you spin (laughs) around. (laughs) Make sure it's on 33 and a half. (laughs) And go fuck hey, yourself. Hey, you don't want it to do the the. Uh, hey, you don't want it to go too fast, am I right? You want to slowly mm-hmm. go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. You want it the right speed to go right, fuck yourself. To go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, we love you, Gen Xers. Yeah, <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Most of them. Most, <laughs> most of, of you. Them. They came up with all the cool shit. They did. They did. They were great. We, I, yeah, I generally, I generally all love the, Gen Xers. Like most of the cool bands, and you yeah. Know, like dope. I mean, we just named like a bunch of cool fucking <laughs> movies and shit. Yeah. I mean, great. of course. But, but mm-hmm. the point still stands. Right. Their attitudes toward kids. Yeah. Is, towards millennials. Towards millennials. Right. Yeah. Not just kids, but like people in their us. early 20s. Yeah. Us. <laughs> and is, 30s. It's really point. like, um, it's, it's really like, dude, you, you, you were this guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You were, uh, uh, you were Daria before fucking. <laughs> right. Before we were Daria, we're just biting that shit that you guys came mm-hmm. up with. And they know that, and they hate it. Right. That's where the disdain comes mm-hmm. from. They were like, you don't deserve that attitude towards authority and, and, and towards corporations right. and shit. You grew up on corporations. I, I read this this article. Uh, it had to be like three years ago at least. But it, it still holds true in my, my eyes. Okay. I was talking all about uh, uh, managers... And the people they manage, uh-huh. right? So a lot of in a lot of corporate structures nowadays, you either have boomers or Gen Xers managing millennials yeah. nowadays. So there's a big miscommunication. There's a communication gap uh-huh. between those generations, uh, specifically within millennials and uh, Gen X- or yeah, millennials and Gen Xers. Yeah. So if your your boss is a Gen Xer, they they said in this article at least, and this is kind of I don't know, from my experience, rung true. <laughs> Which is Gen Xers tend to be highly independent and they kind of leave you to your own devices. Yeah. To go figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know? To go fuck yourself. To, to go fuck yourself. They won't micromanage you, but they will also not give you help. Yeah. <laughs> so, because uh, it just, it's like a generational thing. And obviously, this is, again, brushing with wide brush strokes here. Yeah. Um, but as, as we do on this show. Of course, of course. <clears throat> Um, but that assertion was like, this is a generation that generally was kind of to themselves. Their parents were either working or gone. They were a bunch of latchkey kids. Exactly, latchkey kids. So they, they had this independence about them, and, and that spirit pervades, you know? And so they, they try to imbue that on the millennials who aren't used to that. Yeah. Millennials are used to having a ton of attention, mm-hmm. having needing, needing affirmation at all times, mm-hmm. good affirmation, positive <clears throat> enforcement. Yeah. Uh, and without that, they feel like they're doing a bad job. Yeah. Which is Generation X. They're like, you do your job. And unless I tell you you're doing it wrong, you're doing fine. Right. Which is not the case for a lot of millennials. Yeah. I know I found that within myself is like if somebody's not telling me like, hey, that was a pretty good job that one time. I'm going to assume it was just fine. Yeah. And I did the bare minimum. Yeah. You know? So I, I feel like I kind of need what I don't want to admit it, but I do like that positive affirmation. Right. You know, 
keeps me going. I now I've gotten a thick skin because I <laughs> I'm an artist. <laughs> so <laughs> so I've I've had to have my my, my work criticized yeah. highly. And you've had to just eat that I've shit. I've had to eat that shit hard and uh-huh. not get any positive affirmation from my managers. And not only that, but only get negative affirmations or is that an affirmation? I, I think I think that's a thing. I think there can be negative affirmations, right? I feel like affirmation is positive. Anyway, uh, negative uh, feedback. Yeah. I've only gotten negative feedback at times. And you know what I've had to do? Swallow that shit. Mm-hmm. I've had to go fuck myself. You had to go fuck yourself. <laughs> I've, I've become a Gen Xer. Uh-huh. I went. I took that and I could fuck myself. Yeah, fuck, you put it right up your ass. Right up my yourself. ass. Fuck myself. That's right. Uh, but I find that to be kind of true. I don't know. What's your experience with that? Have you ever had a Gen Xer as a manager or a boomer even? I, I um I think most most of my uh superiors have been Gen Xers. Yeah. Most of them. Yeah. I mean there's definitely been those <clears throat> Honestly, it's been pretty rare. I mean a lot of the um Honestly, a lot of a lot of a lot of them have been millennials. Like yeah. um like like the ones who were just millennials like right. just under the radar the like like late 30s early 40s yeah. like they're they don't want to admit it but if you look at the age range they're millennials it's so strange you know i i, I think i think age range is almost like 78 is the start yeah, dude of it's way wider than people it's realize it's, it's very way weird. wider it's yeah very weird people um what people call millennials is like um actually Gen Z, I think. Or, yeah. Or some, some weird thing that they've come up at, with the at kids. One, at one time, they were calling them the swipers. Yeah. Because they grew or, up. Or a Generation Me. That was the other yeah. one that they were calling them. That's derogatory. That's really fucked gate. up. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the swiper generation is the ones that grew up with touchscreens in their hands. Because yeah. they automatically, you know, you see a, a, a toddler nowadays, they know how to Dude, they, use an iPhone. The, it's so, insane how good they are with these fucking phones. I, I mean, it's intuitive for a reason. Yeah, you know, like we we get it as adults, but kids now are picking up on it like crazy. That's what I was telling somebody. I don't remember who it was, but I was like, dude, when I <clears throat> when I get to be my dad's age, like I'm I am I want to make it my life's goal to stay on the cusp of technology. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy who you have to like, all right, dad, this is how you you got to put the thing here and then and then cuz my parents call me all the time. How do you how do you do this? The phone updated by itself, and now I can't fucking do this thing. Yeah. And uh, you got to sh- come to the house and show me how to do the thing. And I'm like, come on, man, know how to do things. Right. <laughs> Although I guess I owe it to them. The only reason I know how to do anything is because they showed <laughs> right. me how to do the things. Right, right. But anyway, to get back to it, <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah. So most of them have been like late millennials, mm-hmm. early Gen X types. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I th- I think I think it goes I think it goes to your point because a lot of the a lot of the like a lot of office jobs that you get, especially around here, they are there's a lot of um, there's a lot of HR training, there's a lot of mm-hmm. sensitivity training and shit, yeah. especially yeah. nowadays. Like you get people who are, uh, especially when you're in a, a a corporate gig, yeah, it's all about positive affirmations because. Mm-hmm. They've had so much sensitivity training and so much, uh, so much of their job is dedicated to 
look, man, you're dealing with like sensitive people. Right, right. <laughs> you have to be able to talk to everybody mm-hmm. and you have to be able to go down to their level or go up to the level. Wherever they want to meet you at, you right. got to meet them there eye to eye. It's part of management. And for you, being somebody who your your livelihood is your creative process, mm-hmm. it's way more... Um, it means more. Even if it's something that you don't even particularly give a shit about, it's mm-hmm. still your creativity. Right. You put your thoughts into that thing and for somebody to be like, this fucking sucks, do it again. <laughs> like, every job that I've ever had has been something that, with all due respect, I don't give a shit about. <laughs> right. Right. I've never. So yeah. when somebody says, like, you fuck this thing up, my first thought is like, I mean, I just don't want to get in trouble for this. <laughs> right. Because, like, I don't care. Uh, I'll do better next yeah, time. Yeah, on a personal level, it's never yeah. fucking mattered. Yeah. You know? Well, that, I mean, the, the, the most crushing one I can think of, one of them at least, it's not the most, but one that comes immediately to mind is I, I worked my ass off on something, gave it to my manager. He said, take another pass. I don't think we're quite there yet. And I said, okay. I did it again. Same feedback. Took it back over. And... uh then he said, you know, in an email, he said, uh, frankly, I think that you need to do better on this. Oof. Like, I, this is not up to snuff. This isn't good. You know, you, you need to think more on this. You need Oof. to, you got to go back at the, around for this and like, you know, just come back with something better. And I went, all right, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go jump off the building now <laughs> is what I'm going to do. Like I, I got so mad. I got yeah, so man. mad. Yeah. I got so, cause I spent hours on this thing. <clears throat> yeah. And he made it seem like I spent 15 minutes and said, eh, here, take this fucking shit. If that was the deal, if that's what I did, I'd at least be able to go. All right. You know, I, I, you're right. I didn't try. Mm. I didn't try, but because I tried so hard and he gave me that, I was like, I'm fucking done. Yeah. I'm done with this. I'm done. Go do it yourself then. How about that? But in that in that scenario, what I did instead of crumbling was, and you know, I, I talked about a similar situation, which that same manager gave me negative feedback on this show. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of instead of just crumbling, I took it as a challenge and was like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. I'm not gonna take that from you. I'm gonna come back with something better. You're gonna like it. It's gonna even if I don't like it, I'm gonna make it so you can't say fucking shit yeah. about it. And I came back, and he said, "Yeah, that's much better. That was great, good." And that's yeah. it. I mean, that's you know, all I got. That's all I got from him was, "Yeah, that's that's you know better, way better than the one you gave me before." And I went, "All right." I mean, you kind of good enough. You kind of inadvertently made an argument for the Gen X approach, though. You know? Yeah. No, no, no. No, I'm not saying it's not without its merits, but I am saying especially for somebody who's not in an artistic field who gets I mean you never get really get used to criticism, but you get a tougher skin against it. You yeah. know how to deal with it better. You can handle it better. Yeah. For somebody who's just like, I don't know, and not to say not to demean them, but if you're if you're like a I don't know, a data processor or an IT person or, you know, whatever admin job you may have mm. um, that's outside of the creative field, um, it may be tougher for you to handle that kind of feedback because it's, 
it's not something you're used to. If yeah. somebody's like, you know, you you fucked this order up, and like, how did you do that? Like, do, yeah, do better next time. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, because that 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 speaks to you on your uh your intelligence. That speaks to your intelligence. Like, how do you? You are an idiot, right? You know, like when you it did comes, it wrong. Yeah. So, so the first thing you do is take it personally, um, because you're not used to that kind of criticism. So the first thing you're going right. to do is go, "Well, fuck you." Right. I'm not an idiot. I just right. I made a mistake. Made a mistake. Fuck you. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it may be different for different people and what you're used to. But yeah, I mean, I, there are merits to that approach. It's just very it like it's it's a rough it's a rough approach. Mm. It's a rough approach. And I'm not saying it's bad necessarily. It works. It clearly it works sometimes. But there's a part of me like I could have folded in that moment, and I'm sure other creatives would have. Yeah. You know, in in those times, you know, I could have completely given up, phoned it in, and said here. Fuck off. Yeah. I'm done with this. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Because in that moment, you can go one of two ways. It's either I'm going to make this the best thing I possibly can be just to say fuck you or fuck you. Mm. That's it. Those are your only two options. You, yeah. you can't make a middling thing after that. You know? It either has to be great or it has to be just yep. a fuck you. That's it. So it could very easily have gone the other way is what I'm saying. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I think uh, to your point, I mean, everything, it's all about balance, man. It really, and I hate to go the middle of the road with this, but like it is really about a balanced approach to this. Mm -hmm. You definitely need positive affirmations, but some people really need a kick in the ass too. Oh, for sure. I I think it's healthy for people. If you're coddled the entire time, you're never going to do anything great because conflict breeds creativity and breeds greatness right i truly believe that and i mean i'm not somebody who's proposing like you have to be like the fucking what's his name from uh uh whiplash you know like that's that's not the approach (laughs) yeah that's not the approach a lot of people watch that movie and were like oh yeah i mean that's what you gotta do to be a great jazz musician yeah bullshit no no you don't have to can't do do, yeah like that's not how it works you don't have to be that you don't have to have a teacher like as a classically trained jazz musician (laughs) uh no we would know yes um i'm a classically trained penist (laughs) all right we'll leave that there um (laughs) but yeah no i i feel like there is there's a kernel of something there though where it's like i i forget the exact quote from that movie but it was it was something of the effect of like if I think they were talking about Bird. If 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 Bird was always told that it, it was great, everything he was doing was great, he wouldn't have been who he is. Yeah. He only was that great because people told him he was shit the yeah. entire time. You know, like that, there's a kernel of truth to that. I feel like there, <clears throat> you need to be humble. You need to constantly be trying to be better. But, you know, you need... You need positive affirmation yeah, well, from time to time, or else a, you're gonna quit. There's just definitely a different, like, um, like with this, like with what happened to you, for instance. I think that your manager could have got the same result if he was just like, "Look, man, this is good. Okay, you're a talented guy. That's why you're here. You can do better than this. Mm-hmm. You can do better than this. I've seen you do better. I need you to do better because right. I know you can." And I think that was the spirit of what he was trying to get across. Right. He didn't say it in those words. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the, that's the yeah. difference, though. See, you go back and you're challenged through your anger. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, fuck oh, this yeah, guy. I, I, was, I can do this. I was full Sith at that point. Right. 
if you if 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 there was even a hint of positive affirmation there, you would have gone back with more of an attitude of like, you know what, I can do better than yeah. this. This is bullshit. I'm yep. better than this. Yep. He believes in me. I need to believe in myself as much as he believes. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I guess for me personally, that works for me more yeah, when people that. are like, look, man, because it shows a, a level of the thing that bothers me the most when it comes to criticism is when I can smell that you didn't give it the proper time of day. Yeah. If you tell me that my work is dog shit, but you can tell me why. why yeah. And I mean really go in like, look, man, that lyric sucked. Mm. That was a bad reference. That wasn't catchy. This, that, and the other yeah. thing. Yeah. You can tell me why. Then I go, fuck, he's right. Yeah. It was dog shit. But well, if you're just like, it's I'm not, not really feeling it. Yeah, it's yeah. like you didn't give it the proper attention that I feel like it deserved. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you owe it to the artist, if you're going to give them a bad review to explain why. Yes. 100%. Because otherwise you're just kind of being a bully. Yeah. If you just say this is bad. A bad review should always outword a good review. Yeah. Always. It yeah. should, you should, you should explain in every detail that you can why you're not feeling that thing. There's no reason why you should never casually just brush something off. Right. You should always be uh, completely invested in that thing to the point that you can tell somebody, this is exactly why it doesn't work for me. Yeah. And that's what's always bothered me. It's like when I, when I, if, if I get positive or, ne- positive or negative feedback when it comes to my music, when people just tell me like, I like it. It's like, God damn it. Yeah. That you didn't say anything that's, that's to me. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. That it gives me nothing. Yeah. I could have just gone to a stranger and they could have given me the same thing for listening 30 seconds. And yeah. that's probably what you did was listen for 30 seconds or read my thing, the first paragraph right. and go. Oh, you yeah, read the wiki. <laughs> I could tell that the rest of this is going to be worded as well as this first paragraph. It's like, go fuck yourself. Read oh, the thing. Give so you, it time. You got the spark notes. You did. Or don't. Right. Or don't give it time. Yeah. But don't fucking go middle of the road with it. That is what drives mm-hmm. me fucking crazy. That same manager gave me this advice. Never nibble. Take a bite or that, don't. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that's a good place to uh, just, just drop this baby off. Okay, Boomer. That's right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, the beer that we had today was from the Bell's Brewing Company. It's the official Hazy IPA. Obesius, what did you think? It's pretty good, good, sir. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to give it a pretty good. Um, drinkable, uh, pretty well balanced. 6.4 ABV. 6.4 ABV. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to like my, uh, my IPAs a bit more bitter, um, as it said in the the read, it, it it strangely is a bit more like a wheat beer, yeah, flavor palette wise. Uh, so yeah, not quite my speed, but uh, to bring back Whiplash, um, but uh, still pretty good. I, I give it a three point five. So it's an IPA, it's a that, hazy IPA that is uh, it's combined with wheat and Pilsner malts. Uh-huh. So that's what kind of gives it a um, I don't want to say weaker. But like a like a more drinkable. It's it's easier yeah. to it's easier to put down than yeah. than than your regular IPAs, mm-hmm. especially one that's sitting around six point four seven ABV. Yeah. That's you know that's a good number. That's that's pretty. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, 
Not bad. That's a pretty, that's a decent ABD. IPA usually. Yeah. And so I think it's, I think it's that mixture that's either going to be hit or miss for a mm. lot of people. If you have this, um, y- you're going to go, you're going to take it and go, oh, this isn't that, this isn't very yeah. IPA, this isn't very hoppy, this isn't what I was looking for. Or for me personally, mm-hmm. I think it's a good, I think it's a good balance. Nice. I give it a four. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, when I picked it up, I didn't see the aspect of it being uh, wheat infused. Yeah. So I think that may have, you know, altered my expectations a little bit. Yeah. But still good. That's yeah. good. So a three point five for you, sir. A four for me. You think we got it? I think we got it. All right. This has been the One Beer In podcast for myself, Marco Dupa, for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Yeah, buddy. For the dogs in the room, Frankie and Bo. For the millions of boomers across the world. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Drink delicious beer and have a beautiful evening. We love you. Even the boomers.